What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football Bleacher Report's NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Matt Miller, the lead NFL draft writer at BR. And joining me every Wednesday morning, also from BR up in New York City, is my man, Connor Rogers. Connor, what's up? Not much, buddy. How you doing? It's good to have you back in your studio. Finally, not on the road for once, man. That's what I set up this morning. I told you, it's like, shit, I don't even, this feels so weird sitting at my own desk in Joplin, not being on the road because I've been on the road for two weeks, but we're going to have a really fun show today. Part of me being on the road, I was up at the Super Bowl last week, hanging out on Radio Row and had a great interview with Patrick Mahomes. So you guys will hear that today. Yeah, we recorded it last week and we're sitting in a mall food court because the NFL decided it was a good idea to do Radio Row in a food court. The only place. So we're, we're hanging out there, but it's a great interview. I had a lot of fun talking to him. And we're going to regrade or grade the 2017 NFL draft, the entire fucking draft. We're going to regrade it this morning. It's going to, this took a while to prepare for. Like usually me and Matt, just to be transparent, we plan a show and I would say like 80% of it is free flowing conversation for this show. We had to go back and check out how every rookie class really did perform that we forgot and get grades in and they're all over the place. So it's going to be a lot of fun to work through every single team's grade for, and just to be transparent too and, and clarify something. This is how their rookie class performs. It can always improve yeah. after this, but just instant impact reactions. Yeah, I, I like that. That's a good uh, a good clarification because there were some teams that we loved their draft when it happened, but either guys got hurt or didn't play or exactly whatever happened. So I can't wait to hear you give the Jets an A. Uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> but we, we, we are going to we're going to close it out like we always do. Kennedy will come on and we'll do draft on draft where we answer your questions. I, I peeked at the questions. We have a lot of them. Some of them are really good, but I have exciting news to dig into now that we're two minutes into the show. We've been teasing it for a long time. We're going to get stick to football stuff to give away. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. We got it now. I ordered last night like 500 stickers and like 200 koozies to get us started. We're going to have some some stuff to give away. So the the only way, though, that you can get involved like to get some of that free stuff is you have to be following us on Twitter and on Instagram at stick to football. That's where we'll do our giveaways. And we've also really picked it up on the Instagram lives where you guys can like interact and ask us questions. So you definitely want to be following there. You need to be subscribed to the show, Apple podcast, Stitcher, wherever you get your shows, you can subscribe. That's how you can start getting free stuff from us. And it, I, I started designing hats last night and they looked like Trump hats, you know, like the make America great again. I, was, the big, I can't do bulky this. idiotic. Hat. Well, I, t- so me and Matt were talking, I actually was going to, I should have shared the screenshot of our conversation of the stupid things we wanted to get. And I was like, hats? And you're like, great idea. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, they look awful. Forget it. So your wives will hate us and your girlfriends because we're getting obnoxious things like koozies and stickers that will hopefully be everywhere. And um, we're going to continue to get more stuff to give away. Obviously, we're going to be in Indianapolis for the combine, giving away stuff there. So when we do have a, a spot booked, please come out to the show. I know everybody had a ton of fun at their live shows three nights in a row in Mobile, Alabama at draft picks. And we're going to be doing it all over again, Indy. So now there's even more reason to come. Yeah. And normally this is where we would jump in and tell you what's going on around the NFL and how it affects the draft. Uh, there's nothing this week, nothing at all, because it's everyone's kind of coming down from that Super Bowl hangover. The one thing that that is happening and it, it parlays perfectly into you were talking about Indianapolis. All NFL teams are doing right now is meetings about like the draft and free agency and tampering 
Like, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you're probably talking to Kirk Cousins' people behind closed doors and just don't want anyone to know about it. Same for the Broncos. Probably same for your Jets. Same for the Vikings. So right now, there's not a ton of news other than some of these coaching hires being made official. But that is what's going on. Everyone is tampering right now, even though they're not supposed to talk to these free agents until March, I think, is when the, the open window is now. So uh, that's that's what your team's doing if you feel like they're not doing anything. And the NFL combine list apparently just came out as we're sitting here. But, I mean, oh. we'll, we'll know a lot about who will be there and who won't be. We do have to get to grades. because Let's do it, because these it, grades are going to take forever and... We can talk about the combine list on Friday. That'll be exactly something to talk about Friday morning. So we have to start with, well, I wanted to start with the AFC East and there really was no rhyme or reason for when we're making the order, but we wanted to start with the AFC and just work our way down. And I figured we'd start with the Patriots who obviously just lost in upset fashion, the Super Bowl. Tom Brady. It's funny how the stories still revolve around Tom Brady, who threw for over 500 yards, three touchdowns and no picks was absolutely brilliant, but the the defense simply couldn't stop a nosebleed. Now, one thing that was very, uh, that connects to this is the Patriots did not have a good draft last year. And we we don't know how the picks long-term will, will pan out because a lot of them were, you know, developmental long-term selections. But in terms of instant impact, this was a team that got nothing from their draft. Dietrich Wise was... You know, solid in spurts down the stretch. I, I don't want to call it garbage time, but had, what, four of his sacks in the last three weeks. Um, you know, and he was okay. But Derek Rivers losing him to injury was obviously very disappointing. Their third-round pick. Antonio Garcia and Connor McDermott, the tackles they took, are both developmental guys, but offered nothing. I have to be honest here. For instant impact reasons, this class after this year gets a D-plus from me. And that will be one of the lowest grades, if not the lowest grade I give out. They didn't have the ammo to make a lot of noise in the draft, and they just simply didn't make the right use of it. Yeah, man. I remember grading this draft during the draft and being like, okay, they don't have a first or second round pick. And then because I liked some of their picks, but like you said, like guys just, we didn't see Derek Rivers this year. And I I do think that down the road, we're going to look back at this if they hit on Antonio Garcia and Connor McDermott and say that these are two huge needs for them. You saw it in the Super Bowl. Chris Long dominated Fleming, the right tackle. And I know he's a backup to Marcus Cannon, but they need to get better. They need to get deeper on the offensive line. So I liked those picks at the time. But if we're grading this right now, it's an F. It's just, this is, it's the Patriots trying to be smarter than everybody else and cuter than everybody else. And you know what? We only need four draft picks. And we're going to spend those four picks on two positions and completely ignore that we need to get better. Did you see how shitty that secondary was? Like you're telling me they couldn't have drafted a safety that would have made an impact. So and that's the thing. Look- people are, yeah, people are like, oh, Patrick Chung got hurt. They never have, they don't have the right depth in place this year. Ever. McCourty was Ever. so bad as well. So they, I give it an F and I'm a Patriots homer. I normally defend everything they do. I think I fucking defended Spygate, but I can't defend this draft class. It's, and I'm not, I mean, people know if they watch the draft every year, I'm a, I'm a pretty easy grader. So for me to give someone an F, it has to be bad. But that was not only were the picks like guys haven't panned out for whatever reason, injury or or depth to only have four picks is embarrassing. Yeah. And like you said, it just didn't work out. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins. This was a class that I really liked after the draft. Unfortunately, they caught some bad luck. Raekwon McMillan was my 
preseason pick for defensive rookie of the year, and he didn't get to play this year. Uh, you know, Charles Harris flashed in spots. I think he played better than the numbers indicate. Cordrea Tankersley, you know, was just okay. They got, they did get some impact from this class, even though they lost Raekwon McMillan. I give it a C. If he played, this could have been an A minus or a B plus. So just bad luck for the Dolphins. And I think this class really has some good years ahead of them. I'm with you. I gave it a C as well. And and I will say to Dolphins fans, I love the potential of this class, especially like Tankersley in the third round, Asiata in the fifth. Like guard is one of the biggest needs for this team right now. So the, I think they're positioned well to keep building off of this class. Uh, but like you said, if, if they get Harris to be full go, that's a huge need for this team moving forward. McMillan, if he could have started at linebacker this year, it's a completely different team. So I, I did like their class and, and it's going to be fun to see what they do this year because they went so defense heavy last year. And then I, now I think this year they have to go offense are pretty heavy, but it, it wasn't a great class and it wasn't an awful one. They are definitely right there in the middle. Yeah. So next up to one of their rivals, obviously the New York jets, my New York jets, there I didn't get too. I didn't get too carried away here. I gave this class a solid B because I thought the two safeties were dynamite to say the least. I thought Marcus May was the best player from this class at, in terms of rookie season. I think Adams long term probably will be, but him and May were very very impressive. Our Darius Stewart and Chad Hansen unfortunately just didn't get to play a lot. They flashed when they did, but they just didn't play a lot. Jordan Leggett brought nothing to the table. Dylan Donahue got hurt. Elijah McGuire, sixth round running back, definitely flashed and will be a part of this future. The two corners they took in the sixth round didn't play. So a lot of impact with the first two picks. So, so after that, a solid B for the New York Jets. You know, man, when I started doing this, I was, you have ideas, you're like, oh, the, the Jets had an A draft. And then you look at it and you're like, well, no, the first two picks were really good. After that, no one did anything. And because we're grading this on today and not on three years from now, I'm going to give it a B minus. I love Jamal Adams was my dude in last year's class. I love that guy. And I, I did love that they went safety, safety and just, you know, we're just going to shore up this group. We're going to make it a position of strength and build our defense from there. But like you said, Ardair Stewart, Chad Hansen, I, d- developmental dudes, Jordan Leggett, I, I didn't like in the fifth round. I thought he was just soft as could be. Really, of the picks outside of the first and second round, Elijah McGuire might have been the best one. So I, yeah, he I was. liked this draft. Yeah. I liked this draft a lot a year ago on draft weekend. And I in two to three years, we might be able to look back and say, damn, like they look at all the needs they filled here. But it, it because like you said, instant impact. I'm gonna give it a B minus just because you gotta get more out, I think, your third, fourth, and fifth rounders, especially on a team that uh, they did overperform this year, but it's just not that great of a roster. So you would think those guys could be bigger impacts. Yeah, they needed the help. So moving on, the last team we have to wrap up in the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills, who no doubt this year will have a fascinating draft with two firsts, two oh, twos, yeah. and two threes. And we'll see if they come up and get a quarterback. Either way, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I gave them a B, just like the Jets. I thought Trey White was fantastic this year. I thought if Marshawn Lattimore didn't have almost a historic rookie season for a corner, we would be talking more about how good Tredavious White was. He carried this class. I think Zay Jones is going to be an okay number two, number three kind of wide receiver. Matt Milano was actually really good value in the fifth round. Peterman just, uh, we don't have to even get into it. He he showed nothing. (laughs) And, you know, they get a solid B because they really hit a home run, I think, with the Trey White pick. Yeah, I gave him a B plus because I really like the Deion Dawkins pick as well. 
getting someone in the late second round that can be a starter at left tackle. I, I think that was huge. I, I'm with you. I loved Trey White. Really liked Zay Jones. And I know he he didn't have the year a lot of us thought he would. I, I think he struggled with drops at times this year, which is, is kind of fascinating because he was the dude that never dropped passes in college. But as this group moves forward, I could end up liking them a lot better. But Trey White was in the running for rookie of the year. And when you get that at pick 27, it's a pretty damn good draft. And then to get a starter on the O-line at 63 is a good draft. And like you said, Peterman, you know, we don't even have to talk about it. It's it's embarrassing. It's sad. I was high on Peterman, so I liked this class a lot more. You know, probably Sunday morning when we woke up when the draft was over. It's probably like, damn, that Bill's draft looks really good. And, you know, like Matt Milano didn't do much this year. Peterman uh, was an embarrassment. But at the top of this draft does look really good. All right, moving on to the AFC North, a team that we talk about a lot and we will continue to talk about a lot. The Cleveland Browns, Matt's Cleveland Browns. Um, There we go. (laughs) Definitely not. I have to admit for how much ammo they have, I I wasn't really overwhelmed with this draft class. I gave them a B minus and it would have been really hard for them to go lower because Miles Garrett's a freak. Okay, when he's on the field, he's a difference maker. It was the right choice at number one. I think when all is said and done, obviously it would have been great if they took a quarterback, but we don't have to go down this road again. Jabril Peppers to me was, was a dud of a first round pick. He does good things close to the line of scrimmage. He's a return man. That does not mean he's a first round safety. And you know, then we can go through these guys. I thought Larry Ogunjobi was actually, he flashed Kaiser struggled Joku flash. They have guys in this class that really flash Garrett and Ogunjobi and Joku were the guys where you go, okay, they could build on this, but it's just a B minus for me. I'm not really overwhelmed with what they got for how much they had to work with. Yeah, and I, I'm glad you stated it like that. I gave them a C plus, and a lot of a lot of Browns fans all year, especially when it became time to fire Sashi Brown. Browns fans were like, "How can you be such a hypocrite? Look how many of your top 100 players they drafted," and they did. They drafted a lot of them. What I've always said is. You can't just, it's not an all-star team. You're building a football team of 53 players. You can't just say, we got six of your top 100. We're good at drafting because they traded out of a quarterback again into Sean Watson. And that affects your grade. When you're sitting there at 12 and you trade out to 25 or whatever and end up with Jabril Peppers instead of Deshaun Watson, that affects your grade. I love Miles Garrett. I think he has potential to be one of the NFL's best defensive ends. And you saw that this year at times. David Njoku is going to be a very good player. Larry Ogunjobi is going to be a very good player. But the rest of the class, with the ammo that they had, even before or after the trades, however you want to look at that, I I constantly feel like this is a team that gets way too cute. And I think they were afraid to draft at times. Like, to trade out of Carson Wentz, to trade out of Deshaun Watson, they could have moved up. I, I know that for a fact. There were teams that were willing to move back to let the Browns come up and get a quarterback and they wouldn't do it. They were, they were paralyzed by this fear to miss on a quarterback. So you wait until pick 52 to get Deshaun Kaiser and you still miss on a quarterback. Like he's, you still missed, even though you waited 40 picks to draft your guy. So there are, there's talent from this class that I really like. And then there are picks where you're just like, you throw your hands up and you have no idea what they're doing. And that's why there's now four new guys in this front office making the picks, which I'm really excited about. So I I will bet you, uh, May 1st or whenever we grade the 2018 draft, the grade will be a lot higher for this year than it was last year's. Yeah, I think they have a very good chance to be walking out of that with at least an A- minus when we do that show, which will always be fun. All right, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, this isn't one of the more interesting ones. I, I gave them a B plus because I think they might have gotten a star 
with what was it the the 62nd pick overall yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster TJ Watt was a good pick I, I didn't love it at the time I'll be completely transparent I thought he played pretty well listen they have they might have gotten some depth between Cam Sutton James Conner Josh Dobbs those guys might actually be really nice backups at the positions what happens with Le'Veon Bell will dictate whether Conner is any a backup any longer yeah. but you have to talk about Juju. I mean, what he did in this offense, he completely exceeded expectations. He took on the number two wide receiver role and thrived. That is a value pick with instant impact and carried this draft to a B plus. I gave him an A minus. The only pick I didn't like was James Conner. And I, I just said this with the Browns. I feel like the Steelers got too cute drafting the local kid who beat cancer. And it's a great story. It really is. I don't think he was worth pick number 105. I really don't. I just... I thought he was maybe like a, you know, fifth round type guy. I don't, I don't believe he's the long-term answer there. Everything else they did. I liked, I I liked TJ. I liked Juju Cameron Sutton. I think will eventually get into the starting lineup here. And I also liked Brian Allen. I don't know if he'll be a corner or safety long-term, but I, I liked that pick. It's crazy how well the Steelers draft every year. I mean, at wide receiver, it's legendary. It's isn't it legendary at wide receiver. Oh my it's, god! Um, they, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. We we should study this some at some point. I don't know when the last time they missed at wide receiver was because they and Juju's probably like the highest picked out of the group. And the the Ravens need to hire whomever the Steelers have as the receivers coach. Like give that dude some money, get him to to switch spots in the division because they have they haven't been able to do it, and the Steelers just keep doing it. So a minus from me. And, dude, I think we see a T.J. Watt breakout year next season with, like, 12 sacks or something. I think it's coming for him. Speaking of a team uh, and wide receiver that it did not work <laughs> out is the Cincinnati Bengals. This is one of the weirdest drafts I had to grade here because they somehow came out of this thing with a B- minus after completely whiffing on impact from a top 10 pick. Completely whiffing. Now, yeah. Joe Mixon was okay in spurts. You know, obviously they got Jordan Willis in there, but Carl Lawson, their fourth round pick, was an impact pass rusher. So they did make up for this in weird ways, but then they took Jake Elliott with the fifth round pick, which is a big price for a kicker, and they cut him. And he went on to impact <laughs> the Super Bowl champions. So yeah. I do, this is the weirdest fucking draft ever because you kind of did some really good things later on, and you still kind of screwed it up. But Carl Lawson really brought it. Uh, it's a B minus. What a strange, strange Cincinnati Bengals draft. Oh, dude, without a doubt. I gave it a C minus. And my reason was because you draft John Ross at nine, which I think all of us agreed was stupid. Horrible. With he that injury history. One, yeah. One touch and he fumbled all year. You you can't get that fucking dude on the field. He ran the fastest 40 in the history of the combine. And you can't. <laughs> So what's the problem? Did did your scouting Marvin Lewis is the fucking GM. So it's not like you got a GM and a head coach fighting. Like you you drafted the kid. You should be able to get him on the field. I thought they did Joe Mixon wrong this year. I don't know why he didn't get more touches. May, who knows? Maybe it's a playbook thing. You got to get him involved. You're right though. Their best pick was number 116, Carl Lawson. Their second best pick was Jake Elliott. He doesn't even play for them anymore. So it <laughs> is man. making yeah, Super Bowl kicks. And they had so many picks. I mean, what they had like nine picks, 10 picks, something like that. Like you should, you should have the bedrock of your franchise here. And instead 
they they suck again. So typical Bengals here for you. Yeah, just really strange. All right, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, we had to get to them after kind of shitting on their wide receiver ability. Another weird draft that they had impact at the top. We saw Marlon Humphrey. This was I feel like this is one of your guys, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I he was good. Pick, actually. Yeah. yeah, you did that you did nail this pick. I thought Marlon Humphrey was was very good a very good pick, very good impact. Man, they got nothing between rounds two and three. I mean, Tyus Bowser is going to be okay. He's, he's a, a good athlete. He flashes at times. Chris Warmly and Tim Williams just didn't play. And they should be getting on the field for this team, and they didn't. And like I said to you guys, this isn't the long-term grades. This is the impact, instant impact grades. It's a C-plus for Baltimore for me. Dude, I gave them the exact same grade because I liked Humphrey a lot. And then you you start to dig in and... I, oh shit! That was Duds. it. That's uh, okay. That's that's the class. I like the potential of these guys, but as you said, it, I, I feel like this was an Aussie Newsome draft for the future, not for right now. Uh, which probably backfired a little bit because this team was average this year, and it, and you wonder like, okay, at forty seven, could we have got a better impact than? Well, you could have got Juju Smith Schuster, so you definitely could have got a better impact than Tyus Bowser in round two. I think Warmly will come on and, and make an impact. I know a lot of teams like that, dude. Tim Williams, it's just a matter of keeping him straight off the field, but he could be good on it. So this this is one of those groups that after next year, we should do this again and, and might have a much higher grade on. But surface value, it doesn't look great for the old Baltimore Ravens right now. No, it certainly does not. And another team that surface value does not look good on at all is the Denver Broncos. I gave him a C minus. I was never the biggest Garrett Bowles fan. I thought he was solid at times this year. But once again, my bone to pick with this class is that Demarcus Walker in the second round was always a reach and not a good draft pick in my opinion? My boy Carlos Carlos Henderson couldn't stay healthy, and that you know oh, that he might have Yeah, that was my guy. He just once again, health does impact your grades here. You know, Jake Butt obviously a long term investment kind of pick. Isaiah McKenzie, you know, once again like Chad Kelly, they just didn't get much here, and and ultimately ends up being a C minus. I gave him a D, and you know my theory. Ooh, John Elway's man. not a good general manager. He's not, dude. He's not. I, I don't. He's great at recruiting quarterbacks to come win a Super Bowl. I don't think he's a good general manager. Hey, I hope he proves me wrong. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time. But fuck, man, what are you doing? Um, Garrett Bowles, first tackle off the board. I hope we see him develop, but I just don't know. Dude's. I don't know if he has it mentally, just to be honest, to to figure it out. And then you really got nothing else from this group. Uh, Jake Butt was injured. Chad Kelly, injured. And you're not good enough to roll the dice. Like I saw Trent Baalke do this shit in San Francisco for years. And when they were really good, it was like, oh, this is so smart. We're going to get a value on Marcus Lattimore. And in a year when he's healthy, we have the next Frank Gore. The problem is he's never healthy. And you wasted a pick. And that's what I worry about Elway trying to do, too, is get too cute and draft people for a favor like Chad Kelly or get too cute with Isaiah McKenzie and think you're going to get your Tyree kill when he's not even on the same playing field. So I, I really did not like this draft class. No, it just simply was bad. It really was. Yeah. And, and, and once again, man, I look across the board here. There is one team's draft I loved in this division, but once again, the Oakland Raiders didn't love it. I thought, I think Gary on Conley is going to be a very good corner in this league, but very strange injury plagued season. It was almost mysterious at times. I was never an Obi Melifonwu fan ever, nope, even in round nope. two. And 
what what did you see this year? I mean, they're debating whether he should play corner. I know the fans are at least. Eddie Vanderdose might have been the best pick in round three, and he unfortunately got hurt again. But he was a superstar recruit at a time, had injury battles at UCLA, but he brought something to their interior that they needed. The Raiders, I mean, they've had some good drafts in the past, but I'm very skeptical of this one, and it just comes in at a C for me. I gave it a C as well. And it's mostly on like guys like Vanderdoos, who looked looked like he was going to be a player. But Gary and Conley, you know, if people remember, fell to this point because of the sexual assault allegations that happened right before the draft and weren't cleared really until after the draft. You know, it, it was a whole mess. I, n- I never liked Obi Melifano. I thought he was just an athlete who didn't know how to play football. And so far, that looks to be accurate. I'm wrong a lot. On that one, I feel still pretty good about it. So I, I, I don't know. I think the Raiders are, are in this weird transition where they, they were trying to load up because they thought they were going to be really good offensively. And they had some veterans on defense that were going to be able to kind of overcome some of the issues. But now, as we see, it's a group that, Needs a lot, a lot of work. So hopefully they get it turned around. But I'm with you. I think Conley can be good if he can get over the shin splint issue that really just shut him down for this year. So I liked the draft okay. Uh, I thought, you know, when the draft ended last April, I thought I liked this class a lot more than I actually do. Yeah, well, speaking of that exact reasoning, that's how I feel about the Los Angeles Chargers. This was a class that I loved. I I still think Mike Williams at seven was a little rich for me, but... I liked the player and the injury history scares you. The lack of impact, it scares you. Forrest Lamp went down for the year. Bad luck injury bug. You know, Desmond King was a guy they got in the fifth round and actually flashed. But once again, I had really high hopes for this class and the instant impact rate is a C minus. They just, they got bad luck with injuries. They just had some, you know, guys that just really didn't live up to it. And I, I think the Chargers might get a lot more from this class in the future, whether it is Sean Jenkins playing a little more. You know, the interior of Lamp and Feeney ends up being very rock solid at guard, but not much this year. Yeah, dude, I, I went the same route. I gave it a C minus as well. And I loved this draft when it happened because, you know, Mike Williams was my number one receiver and to and then to address both guard spots like, OK, well, this is a weakness. Not anymore. But they, like Forrest Lampett getting hurt really affected it. I do like Desmond King a lot. I think they got a steal in the fifth round. I liked him more than Rayshon Jenkins, whom they drafted in the fourth. So time will tell with this group. You've got, you know, Lamp coming back from injury now. Mike Williams trying to get healthy. He did flash at times this year. And you saw the the stuff that made him one of our favorite prospects. But on instant impact, not on grading for the future. It's the C minus. So I'm getting a little tired of being so negative on this show, and I feel like the the tweets after the show are not going to be fun. So finally, <laughs> no, time to talk about <laughs> time to talk about a draft that I loved. The Kansas City Chiefs they get an A minus. I, I think Patrick Mahomes might be a star, and I will be the first to tell you I was skeptical before the draft last year. He fell into a perfect situation. He flashed in his start. He's got an all world arm. I think it's, you know, and I'm not just talking about him because he is going to be on this episode, but listen, Kareem Hunt, I mean, you get a star running back in the third round. You might've gotten a star backfield in this draft, a star quarterback, star running back. The rest, the jury is out on not much, I think, but listen, I don't care. It's an A minus when you got probably two stars to put up points. Yeah. I wanted to give them a worse grade because like, Passing didn't play the second round pick. Mahomes only played yep. a game. Chesson 
is a developmental piece. I had to give him an A minus because Kareem Hunt with pick 86, you drafted the dude who led the NFL in rushing. It's really hard to argue with that. And when Mahomes did play in week 17, he looked, he looked really, really good, which is a uh, hey, perfect, uh, perfect reminder that Mahomes is going to be on in just a, a short amount of time here with us. But it, it's a class that I know if we're great in instant impact, it's uh, people are going to be like, what? They two dudes from this class played and one played one game. Kareem Hunt was that good. Uh, he he really was that good that you have to look at this class and say, all right, a, as you just said, Connor, the Chiefs may have knocked out their backfield in one draft with pick 10 and pick 86. They might be set for the next decade. All right, Connor, let's keep this uh, train rolling, man. We, we've knocked out most of the AFC. Let's start with the AFC South. The Tennessee Titans, this is a, another interesting draft because I think when we go back and look at it in two to three years, we might feel completely differently than we do now, but I gave them a C. Corey Davis looked so good at times, like for a couple plays, but disappeared otherwise. I'm still down on a Dory Jackson. I know fans will tell me that pro football focus said he was like the seventh best corner on contested passes thrown to the left side of the field in the fourth quarter. Eyeball test. I didn't think he was that good. Uh, He's a great athlete and hopefully he figures it out. Taewon Taylor did nothing for me this year. So a lot of, they drafted a lot of big names that a lot of like the draft Twitter crowd really liked. And looking back on it now, you know, you get nine, 10 months to think about it. I felt like they reached on every player they drafted. And I, I think that, like parsed out really well to where you see a team that, okay, you drafted a lot of names, but you didn't get a lot of impact. And I, I do believe that's why we saw them take a step back this year. Yeah. And people can go listen to our reaction show after they did the draft. We said the same exact thing. And I, I was, a, I might even be a little kind here with the grade I put in. I put in a B minus. Uh, I thought they were overall as a solid class, but you're right. They reached when you're talking about what they had to work with. You took a wide receiver with the fifth overall pick. That should be a high impact player. And he just, he simply wasn't. I think Adoree Jackson truly was up and down at times, and same with Corey Davis. So it wasn't terrible in impact, but just average at, at a B minus. You know, I I think you nailed it. I think just once again they really reached on a lot of these selections. Yeah. Okay. Here's the team that did not reach: the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Chris Ballard's first draft, and I loved that he sat tight in every round and said, "We're drafting the best player that comes to us." That netted them Malik Hooker a player most of us had as a top 10 guy. And unfortunately he got hurt this year, but he was playing great and netted them Quincy Wilson, who I had tied for my number one corner spot. And he didn't play a ton this year. Uh, I I think he'll be better in a a new coaching staff that will give him a shot. He did play down the stretch. Same with Terrell Basham. Uh, Marlon Mack is, has the look of a a future starter here. I, I gave them a B. I like this class maybe more than you do. I'm excited to see where you have them, but uh, maybe a lot of that is is based on Malik Hooker being such a good player while he was healthy. I didn't really hold it against them that he got hurt. And maybe I'm being a homer. With Quincy Wilson, I have been led to believe a lot of that was just the coaching staff yep. trying to make a point against the GM that knew was going to fire them. So yeah, that's it, where that went. He looked a lot better than what they had out there when he played. So it was ridiculous. I think they might have gotten my highest post-draft grade, if I remember correctly. I, I, only, I think so. I only gave them a B-minus here because they caught the bad luck bug. Malik Hooker could have been a star as a rookie, but he got hurt. And, and, you know, Quincy Wilson could have been a star corner as a rookie, but they wouldn't play him. And when they did, he flashed. And I think Marlon Mack was very good. So they did get some impact here, you know, in spurts. And I think this class will be very good for the long haul. 
But right now they come in as a B minus. Yeah, and it, they're going to be fine. I do think they're going to be fine. Here's a team that we both loved, the Jacksonville yep. Jaguars. Uh, I give them an A. Leonard Fournette, 1,000 yards. Cam Robinson, a dude that I didn't think he had this in him, started at left tackle all year and was really good. D.D. Westbrook, once he got on the field, made an impact. So it's just the Jaguars didn't miss on anything. They're just smart picks. They filled running back and left tackle. You got two really good ones for a long time. You need depth of receiver. And once Allen Robinson got hurt, man, how important was someone like D.D. Westbrook? And, and to get Keelan Cole as an undrafted free agent, I think we got to throw that one in there too. For sure. So I, I did like, I like this class a lot and we always do. Like I've, I don't think I've ever not liked the Jags draft class. A couple of years ago, they got my top two players in Jalen Ramsey and miles Jags. So they tend to do this, but now you're starting to see that they've had a plan this whole time. No doubt. I think when you look at Jacksonville and they, they come in as an a minus for me. So, you know, very close to you, Jacksonville identified their football team, the weaknesses, which was quarterback. And they got they developed a power run game. You get Cam Robinson to come in and just be a powerhouse at left tackle, especially in the run game. Leonard Fournette fourth overall and really carry the offense at times. And good depth at wide receiver and D.D. Westbrook. And Jacksonville rode that all the way to an AFC championship game appearance for a very young team with a very weak quarterback and almost can't went to the Super Bowl with it. So give them one more draft maybe a little time to add a quarterback that can really work with this young core. This team has one of the brightest futures in football. They, they really do. They just got to figure out that quarterback position. So uh, Houston Texans, uh, gosh, you got to look at Deshaun Watson and when healthy may have been rookie of the year. Uh, I don't think that's crazy to say he, he was such a bright spot. (laughs) Yeah. Shit. Yeah. You're not joking. Zach Cunningham, Dude came in and played really, really well. And when and when Brian Cushing got hurt, it was Zach Cunningham and undrafted free agent Dylan Cole, who looked very good. Dante Foreman, before he got hurt, was the best running back on the team. I'm giving this, I'm giving him an A. I wanted to give him an A plus. The only reason I didn't is because Watson, you know, got hurt and didn't start the first one half of football. But it, it's an A draft, and it it's weird that a team drafted this well and then their general manager was kind of pushed out, but. It is what it is. I, I, well, I think it's technically he's saying he's taking a break, but it is a really, really good draft. And if, if Julian Davenport, the tackle they got from Bucknell in the fourth round, I think he could be a stud in the future because he, he has all the natural tools that you want, uh, just a, a stud athlete. Yeah, he was always a raw project, but he can really mold into something. I, this this could have easily been an A-plus for me if Deshaun Watson could have stayed healthy. It's a B-plus for me strictly because of his injury, but you nailed it. They got impact across the board. You know, we're going to see what Davenport becomes, and I can't wait for Deshaun Watson to be back. When all is said and done, if Watson ends up being a top 5-10 to 10 quarterback in this league, which he has the talent and mindset to do so, this turns into an A-plus class. Yeah, it, it could be scary good just what they have from this group moving forward. Uh, Dang, that wraps up the AFC. So now we get to go from one of our favorite drafts to one of my least favorites, (laughs) the New York Giants. And I maybe it's not fair to say that. I I do like Evan Ingram, and I think Dalvin Tomlinson is going to be a damn good player. It's just the timing of the moves they made. Like I remember you saying when they drafted Evan Ingram, it's like you guys kind of already had this player in Sterling Shepard and Brandon Marshall and... Odell Beckham and he they got hurt so he had to step up this year uh when I look at the Giants class I, I gave them a b minus uh they just they they were in such weird spots you know picking at 23 
I would have liked to see them, you know, draft more toward the O-line or quarterback. And we had no way of knowing that the defense would eat itself alive and there'd be all the infighting. So they did get some talent. I think looking forward like to the future, it all matters what happens with Davis Webb. If they believe he's the dude or not, it completely changes how we grade this draft. I mean, there's no doubt. I had my problems with this class at the top. I, I loved Dalvin Tomlinson, and he played very well. My problem was I, I wasn't a Davis Webb believer, and you took him in the third round. We don't know if he's ever going to get a chance, depending on what the Giants do with the second overall pick, and they're going to ride this out with Eli Manning. And it'll tell you what they think of him by you know what they do. Evan Ingram is a good player. I just thought Joku was a better fit for what they needed. Ingram will be fine. They got some impact here, really notably from Tomlinson. And, you know, when Ingram became a focal point of the offense, he did make plays. It's a B minus for me from the Giants. I don't think they solved enough problems with this class. And I just think some of the picks were really odd timing. Yeah, and that's uh, that's why they have a whole new structure in place, right? Is, okay, well, you guys have kind of messed this up and dicked around and not not plugged holes and... We'll see if they burn that thing down. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, a team that that you and I have raved about how well they've drafted in the past, especially that uh, 2016 draft class was amazing. Last year's group, uh, Taco Charlton in the first round, didn't do much this year. And I I think fans are a little afraid of what, okay, is he going to develop? Is he going to turn the corner? What I did like was uh, Chidobe Awuzie in the second, Jordan Lewis in the third, and Ryan Switzer in the fourth. It's weird when you get like the middle of the classes, the better. I gave him a C plus. I, I do like the depth, kind of the meat of the class a little bit. And I wouldn't be surprised if guys like Marcus White end up being a pretty good player too. But, you know, when you're drafting at 28, it, it is hard to get an impact starter. I personally, I thought Taco Charlton was going to be much better this year than he was. So hopefully he does get it turned around. Yeah, I did not like the first round pick. Uh, it was not only a reach. It just was a, you know, I know they wanted a, a, some edge help. Charlton just not a high impact kind of guy there. I thought the corners were okay. You know, Xavier Woods was a value pick I liked in the sixth round, but once again, I didn't really see a ton of impact from this class. I think Awuzier was was probably the guy that made the biggest impact. You know, he had his ups and downs, but I thought he was pretty solid. But I have to give the Cowboys a C. I think this was a team that really could have pushed the envelope this year, and they didn't get enough impact from their draft, and it completely showed on the field that they took a step back this year when they really, really had a chance to keep the train moving forward. And now they have a gigantic offseason ahead of them because of that. All right, Super Bowl champs. That sounds so weird. Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> it just it feels weird. I gave this group a B. Um, Derek Barnett, I, I think, is going to be a, a good player. You know, he was in a strong rotation this year. And having Fletcher Cox kind of makes everybody else's job a little easier. I'm glad that they didn't rush Barnett into the fold and make him try to be the guy. Uh bringing him along the way they did. Sidney Jones, I know he got hurt this year. We didn't get to see a ton from him. Rasul Douglas played well. Mac Hollins, excuse me, Mac Hollins played very well. I like this class a lot more today than I did 10 months ago. I was I was pretty down on it, probably because our buddy Adam Lefko was calling Derek Barnett the fat pass rusher all week, and yep. it, it's, it's got into my brain. It was like, hey, dude's kind of got a point. So uh, it is, it, it's a good class. Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas know what they're doing. Uh, we we talk a lot about, oh, best front office is this, best front office is that. We need to give the Eagles a lot more credit for just how great they've been. Um, I, I think it's a good, a good class without maybe no home run pick, but a lot of really, really damn good ones. 
And Matt, guess what might have been the home run? The home run might not have been a player they drafted because undrafted free agent Corey Clement might have been the star of this group. It's so easy to forget the undrafted free agents, but they went out and got a guy that was a high-impact undrafted free agent and lit up the Super Bowl. He lit it up. So this group from 2017, when you talk about the investment they made in Sidney Jones, a raw press corner like Razul Douglas, who really did play well this year, a a guy like Matt Collins, who is you know deemed a special team star, but really can make things happen down the field at wide receiver. Derek Barnett obviously flashed and will continue to get better, but you hit a home run in undrafted in the UDFA period. I gave them a solid B because the best football is ahead for them, but this class can be very special. It really can be. And and again, congrats to those guys. I don't think any of us saw it coming, especially once Wentz got hurt, but uh, I certainly didn't (laughs) hell of a year. No, I, I think I doubted them at every turn. I probably picked against them. All right. Washington up. A team that just, I I think they did a great job of taking Scott McLuhan's board and executing it. And I think it fell apart once they got out of his board. Jonathan Allen at 17 is an interesting pick. If the dude's healthy, he was the top five player in last year's class. Ryan Anderson is just all day solid. Fabian Moreau, super, super solid. Uh, I don't really care for Samaj P. Ryan, but in the fourth round, if you get a backup running back, it's a good value. So I liked the top of this class enough to give them, I I gave them a B. I liked the top of the class. It's, it's just solid. It's not sexy. There's no one that you're like, this guy's going to be an all pro every year, but it is a, a good class where they, you know, they hit a lot of singles and then, but day three, it just, it's really not a great draft on day three. Uh, hopefully somebody proves me wrong there, but I, I really liked what they did in rounds one, two, three. I gave him a C minus. I thought they had the bad luck bug. Uh, Obviously injuries kind of stunk. They didn't get impact across the board. I I can keep it as simple as that here. I I thought Washington, you know, maybe Fabian Monroe and Ryan Anderson really bring it next year. Samaji P Ryan. I agree with you. I I don't know if they get much there. Jonathan Allen can be a star in this league, but he has to be on the field to do so. So they get a C minus from me. Yeah. And we're going to see what they do now. I, I don't love a lot of the decisions they're making, but uh, maybe, maybe they'll prove us strong. Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I love that. You've been saying this bad, bad luck bug, man. They got hit by hard this year, but their draft class was good. I, I gave them a B. I, I, I loved what they did uh, by addressing a lot of long-term needs. And some of these guys were definitely drafted for the future, but Kevin King and Josh Jones, I think will form a, a great nucleus in the secondary Aaron Jones in the fifth round, pick 182, arguably the best pick of the draft for them. When he was on the field, dude was electric. I like Jamal Adams, who was pick 134 a lot as well. Uh, Vince Beagle at 108 is going to be, I think, a starting linebacker in the NFL. So it it was a good draft class. And to do it without having a first-round pick, uh, they traded back from Cleveland. uh, One of Cleveland's picks in the first round, I think 25. So really, really smart of the Packers to just get comfortable and it, it'll be, it's going to be interesting, dude, because the guys who made these picks are mostly gone. You know, Ted Thompson, different role. Elliot Wolf, gone. Alonzo Highsmith, gone. And I, I think you see their fingerprints all over this draft class. Yeah, I gave them a B as well. I thought that, listen, Kevin King is going to take some time to become a starting corner in this league. 
Josh Jones, talk about making plays near the line of scrimmage, coming downhill with speed. I really like what he has to offer. But the running backs, you get to the running backs, and they have such a nice tandem with Jamal Williams, who was excellent in pass pro, can grind between the tackles. Aaron Jones, just an outside zone runner, can really get around the edge, put his foot in the ground, and turn it upfield. I loved what I saw out of him for a fifth-round pick. That's how you do it. That's how you find value at the running back position. So a solid B for Green Bay in year one from this rookie class. But talk about really, I, I would say, hitting or at least hitting on getting some impact from almost all your picks. Yeah, it, hard to argue with that, man. And, and they are, they're set up well. Minnesota Vikings, a team that made a hell of a run this year uh, with Case Keenum at quarterback. It's unfortunate because I think Dalvin Cook could have been a rookie of the year type guy. And to not have a first round pick, your first pick is at 41 and you get Dalvin Cook, who could have been great. It, it's, it sucks not to have that. So when I look at this draft class, it's really a one impact class with Pat Alfline, who who did play really, really well for them. I gave him a C plus just because of lack of impact. Uh, it We're going to completely think differently about this class in a year. If Dalvin Cook gets back to form, if Jaleel Johnson gets on the field, but just, you know, gut, gut reaction. I didn't love it. Yeah. I Well, here's the thing. Obviously, what sucks about this is Dalvin Cook getting hurt. And that could have changed everything because he could be a star. The question is, one of the things we were worried about is him staying healthy. So you can't sit here and say, oh, it's fluky. Of course, a lot of injuries are fluky, but he has injury history. So I gave the Vikings a B minus. I thought Pat Elfline was what they needed on the interior. And when you get that in the third round, that's a good sign. So I think that was very good, but... Once again, you look after that between, you know, the Rodney Adams pick or Bucky Hodges, a guy I wasn't very high on. It's, you know, or Elijah Lee, kind of a a wild card pick, a guy that was a good, good athlete in the seventh round. We didn't see a ton from the Minnesota class and they get a B minus because when Cook was playing, he was playing as a star and Elfline was rock solid. But you got to have more than that and you hope they get more from that in the future. Yeah, you do. And we definitely let's do this again in a year because I know people are going to be pissed at us like you don't understand. And and yeah, we will redo these because a lot of it is based on the future, not on what's happening right now. Detroit Lions. I like to draw Davis uh, and that might have been all that I liked. T Saber, <laughs> And I just dude was good on film, but you really worry about a guy who can't run a 40 run? under four six. Yeah, I can't run. Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay had a good year. But he really did. As a, a third-round pick, pick 96, had a good year. Uh, let me look. I gave these dudes a C-. minus. I think the Tabor pick just, it's so bad. And God help him. I hope he proves me wrong. But I, I just, I really don't love that one. I gave him a C plus. I worry about, you know, can Gerard Davis stay healthy? Because he can re- be a really nice player for a front seven. Kenny Galladay, no doubt flash. Jalen Reeves, Maven, another guy. Can he stay healthy? Because he can make plays. I did not think Brad Kaya was ever going to really be an NFL level quarterback. Unfortunately, maybe as a, as a, you know, third string kind of guy, because he's smart, but talent wise, you know, just not much there. You look at tease. I liked tease taper a lot. I love this film. You have to be able to turn and run or else he's a liability. And we're going to see if he's a liability or not. Matt Patricia Coming in, you know, it's supposed to be able to coach up this defense, supposed to be able to coach up this secondary. Is he going to be a guy that comes in and says, okay, we can work with Tabor in our defense, or 
No, I need corners that can run and be trusted in one-on-one situations. It's going to be fascinating. So they didn't get much from this class overall. They get a C plus and the, the future of this class is definitely more up in the air than others. Yeah. Uh, let's go right into the Chicago bears. A, a fascinating class. The two picks in the fourth round, Eddie Jackson, Treat Cohen, huge playmakers this year. Excellent. Both, both did great. Adam Shaheen in the second, we saw almost nothing from. And yeah, he was a developmental pick coming out of Ashland. I still think they reached on him. I think they could have gone other other areas there. It all matters what happens with Mitch Trubisky. I thought he was solid this year in a shit offense without much around him because, you know, offensive line was hurt. Receivers kept getting hurt. So I don't think you can really accurately grade Trubisky. I gave them a B. I think Jackson and Cohen are fantastic players. You could probably even talk me into a B plus. And this is a team that, I mean, this is a very small draft class. They had five picks because of that trade with the Niners. So it, it, it made it a, a very, you know, small sample size, but I do absolutely love the, the potential of Trubisky. He was my number one quarterback last year. I can't wait to see him with Matt Nagy. Yeah, so I am here to talk you into a B plus because that's what I gave them. <laughs> I don't know if this is some Trubisky bias, but listen, everybody always says, hey, do you think Trubisky's Alex Smith? And I go, no, he's he's more athletic. Probably he's got a bigger arm. I love his character and mental makeup and he's a playmaker. I think he can make plays down the field. I saw Trubisky really flash in what was just an awful situation for him or who he was throwing to. And I think with Nagy there, it's about to get very fun. So when you see this goes back to my, you know, we're doing this as instant impact, but it goes back to what I saw from Mahomes. I'm like, okay, the guy got on the field and showed he belonged. That's what you want to see from the quarterback position as rookies. That's the most important thing to me. Eddie Jackson, a guy that we did like fourth round. I mean, he's a playmaker. That's what he was in college. It's what he looks like in the NFL. Tariq Cohen definitely made things happen. Pass catching back the electric returner. They got some value from this class and I got to give it a B plus after year one. Another team that I like, the Arizona Cardinals. I gave them a B plus as well because I loved the top of the class with Hassan Reddick. Buda Baker was fantastic this year. He was a pro bowler. He's going to be great moving forward. The rest of the class, that was just okay. Like Chad Williams was a developmental dude coming out of Grambling. Dorian Johnson will probably be a starter there uh, for, for a decent amount of time. But the top two picks were so good and such a great fit for what they were trying to do. I know everything's changing there now, uh, but I I think they're going to be fine with Steve Wilkes' defense as well. So Reddick and Baker are such a great one-two punch in that class that it it really overshadows the fact that on day three, they they didn't get much. No doubt. I mean, I love those picks. And when Buddha played, he looked really, really good, which is a great sign yeah. because he had his doubters. I, I gave the Cardinals a beef. It's the same rant you had. Love the top two picks. You got younger on defense. You got speed on defense. Guys that go up and make plays around the ball. So Arizona, listen, they don't got much on offense besides David Johnson right now, but the defense is looking really sharp. All right. I almost gave this team an F. And uh, I, it, the Seattle Seahawks, Malik McDowell at 35. So you don't have a first round pick. You trade, you trade back. Malik McDowell didn't play this year because he got in an ATV accident and he may never play football again. That whether you want to say that's his fault or not, it's a, it wasn't a good pick in April before the dude got hurt. Uh, Ethan Posick and Shaq Griffin saved this class because Posick is such with such a huge need. I, I think getting him at 58 was smart. And Shaq Griffin, 
whom I didn't like at 90, just to be honest, I didn't like him there. Is there, he's the future of the corner position for them. After that, like Delano Hill, I don't, a special teams guy. I, I don't think he's going to replace Cam Chancellor. Uh, Darbo from Michigan. No, Derwin third, James. Late will. third might be okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Derwin James. Yeah. Or Ronnie Harrison. Yeah. They had a lot of picks and they, they swung the bat at a lot of positions of need. Really, Posick and Griffin are the, the only two picks that I liked out of this. I, I did end up giving them a D. I, I feel like the McDowell pick is such a hard miss. And then to overvalue Delano Hill and Nazir Jones and Amara Darbo, like that's those are the three guys who, if you're picking late third round, should be contributing, especially on a team that wasn't very good this year and had a lot of injuries. So that that's where I'm at with the Seahawks. Yeah, this wasn't the greatest Seattle draft, and I might have been way too polite giving them a B plus, a B minus, not a B plus. Whoa, they were they were Ooh. fringe. <laughs> they were fringe to get out of the C's, and the only thing that saved it to get them to a B minus is that as a third round pick, Shaq Griffin blew away expectations, blew them away, and I think Chris Carson flashed a little bit, but like you said, Matt, not much here. You. I don't want to say you got lucky because this is a team that's shown to draft very talented defensive backs on day two, and they might have gotten a potential star in Shaq Griffin. The Malik McDowell pick bothers me because this was a guy before the draft that everybody in the entire world knew had serious character problems on the field as a coachable player and off the field as a questionable decision maker. And there was always a select few people that said, we're smarter than you. He's a great football talent. You're wrong. And Seattle transformed from that online, the online personality saying that to the NFL team that believed it and took him 35th overall and got nothing back and in turn had to trade this year's second rounder and Jermaine Curse for one year of Sheldon Richardson. And now it affects their future because of that. So this had an awful trickle effect. But, you know, back to the positive side, they do climb to a fringe B minus because Shaq Griffin was a great pick. Yeah, he really was. And God, that was a great rant, dude. <laughs> All right. One of my favorite drafts, the Los Angeles Rams. I keep trying to say St. Louis. Uh, it's going to take me a couple of years to, to use that. I gave this team an A minus one of I felt like the best drafts because of how targeted it was. And they didn't reach. But the plan last offseason was we're going to surround Jared Goff with playmakers and we're going to see what the kid can do. And they drafted Gerald Everett, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, and all three guys were very good this year. Cooper Cup was exactly what we expected. Everett, for a second-round pick, looked really good, and I I think Josh Reynolds will develop and emerge as a good red zone threat. I love John Johnson at safety, and this is a huge position and need for them moving forward. So a a class I liked, and they drafted a fullback. So you know I'm going to give them a good grade because they drafted a fullback. Of course, a little fullback love. Listen, (laughs) I thought that considering the ammo they had or lack thereof, they got it done. Uh, I gave them a B plus, very similar to your grade. Listen, Cooper Cup was a seamless fit in that offense. Gerald Everett is going to be a guy that factors into that offense. John Johnson, listen, they got value from these guys. And I, I, I love that you mentioned the fullback pick in Sam Rogers. So you, when you come into the draft with, little ammo because the regime before you, you know, used it to go get your franchise quarterback, which is fine because he was a pro bowler this year and Jared Goff. It's not easy. And the Rams found a way to be efficient with the very little ammo they had. Yeah, without a doubt. And yeah, to not have a first round pick, I think they feel pretty good about that Jared Goff guy they traded up for. 
All right, the best team in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers. I can't wait to grade their 2018 draft and talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, but 2017 draft, kind of a tale of, of two players. Solomon Thomas drafted at three, was underwhelming this year. Ruben Foster drafted at 31, was amazing this year. Akella Weatherspoon at 66 is going to be a very good player. Uh, he was their best defensive back down the stretch. George Kittle, th- George Kittle, they drafted in the fifth round, was so good, they traded Vance McDonald. Like when you can trade your starter because your rookie's that good. And then white boy Supreme Trent Taylor is going to be a, <laughs> a solid player. Here's the, maybe the best pick, honestly, was Adrian Colbert picked 229 corner at Miami. They moved him to free safety and he was really good. Not just good for a seventh round pick. He was really good. The Niners get an A minus from me. It would have been an A plus, but CJ Beathard in the third round was such a bad pick, <laughs> uh, such a bad pick that it's hard for me to overlook it. That's what took it away from me. I gave them a B plus because the Beathard pick was horrendous. And I think Foster was a really good pick at that point of round one, because obviously, you know, you worry a little off about the off field and the injuries, but he's just so, so good. And we saw him play so, so well. Solomon Thomas was just okay. That, that was really the other factor besides Beathard that brought this to a B plus instead of the a range. Just okay. And I think he's going to get a lot better for the future. But the Niners did really good things in year one. They did really good things, and that's them a B plus. Yeah. All right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They got one of our favorite players in OJ Howard. I gave this team a B. OJ Howard. It, it, tight ends don't have big years as rookies. It never happens. So I'm not worried about that. I think Justin Evans will be a really good player for them as well. Chris Godwin has a chance to be special. Uh, again, a small class. Uh, they moved around a decent amount. They traded with your Jets a couple times. I think they only had six picks. I I liked the impact and I liked the future of this team. It's too bad Jeremy McNichols drafted in the fifth just was not a match with them. I don't he seemed checked out. Uh I, I know I'm basing that on hard knocks, but also just yep. things that I've heard from people. So I liked the class. I, I think it's one that next year we're gonna think much more highly of. Yeah, I was a little kind here. I gave him an A minus. I loved OJ Howard. I thought he played well when he started to get featured a little bit. Justin Evans, you, you gotta like you gotta like what you have there in him. Chris Godwin was a guy that from day one in camp, you're like, okay, this is going to be an impact player. And I really like Kendall Beckwith, and he had to play at times due to injuries and whatnot. So yep. if you hit on the first four picks, which it looks like the Bucks did, that's an A-minus class off the top and can only grow from there. Carolina Panthers, I give this team a C plus, and I believe I give them an A on draft day. So uh, just goes to show that Bad luck, you injuries. Draft- yeah, I Christian McCaffrey, they don't know how to use. And hopefully this new new staff will. Curtis Samuel, same deal. They didn't know how to use this dude. And and hopefully that new front office, excuse me, not new staff. I don't I don't think they fired Ron Rivera this morning. Um ho- hopefully they do get him involved. I liked Taylor Martin as well in the second round. This is a group I, I think is so much more about what they're going to become. And kind of like your boy, Jake Elliott, they drafted Harrison Butker in the seventh round and he ended up being great for the chiefs this year. So thank you, Carolina Panthers. It's amazing how that works out. Yeah. McCaffrey, you know, solid rookie year could have been used better. Curtis Samuel, you lose him in November to the ankle injury. I like Taylor Mountain a lot. I really do. And I think he could be a really, really good player. But when you talk about what we thought we would get from that duo of McCaffrey and Samuel at the top, We didn't get it this year, and I do blame a lot of that on the construction of the offense. I do blame some of that on the bad luck luck bug of the injuries. Listen, I had high hopes for this Panthers class. I do think they could turn it around, but it's a B-minus until it gets better for me. 
Yeah, I'm with you there, dude. All right, Atlanta Falcons. I I liked this class. They only had six picks. I liked it a lot on draft day. The impact this year, I gave them a B minus. I I thought Tack McKinley was going to be a beast, and maybe he will be next year. Vic Beasley came out slow as well. Duke Riley was was a beast this year, though. I really like what he's going to do. They are so fast at linebacker right now. Uh, should be set for the future, but a small class and just didn't get a ton from those day three guys. But hopefully, you know, when we do talk about this in a year or two years, it'll be different, but a little underwhelming, at least from Tack McKinley. Yeah, this is a B plus for me. I think this is similar to the Jets, although I give the Jets a B. You got your impact from your top two picks. Round one, Tack McKinley, I thought he was very good. Round three, Duke Riley, I thought he was good. You know, listen, the Falcons have drafted really well since Dan Quinn got there, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think they go a little more on the offensive side of the ball this year, but not yeah. a not a quantity draft here, but I think a quality draft here for the Falcons. Yeah, and you know, in hindsight, they had just been up 28-3 in a Super Bowl and were probably trying to plug holes Yikes. more so than reload or address some positions of need. So I, I may be being a little hard on yeah, it's, that. It's too um, bad you can't draft an offensive coordinator, huh? Right. If only, man. There'd be a lot of teams doing it if you could. Uh, the only team that we both gave an A-plus, I imagine, the New Orleans Grand finale. <laughs> this might be the best draft class that I've seen since I've been doing this job, um, which is since 2011. Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchek, Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, Alex Anzalone, Trey Hendrickson, and Alquidi Muhammad. Almost every player I listed there was a stud this year. Marshawn Lattimore, rookie of the year. Alvin Kamara, rookie of the year. Marcus Williams, I know, made one bad play. He was good all year. Ryan Ramchek started all year on the offensive line. We saw Trey Hendrickson be a very good situational pass rusher. He'll step up next year. Anzalone made some plays this year. I, I think he'll move into a bigger role eventually. They didn't miss on a pick. It's amazing. A front office that we have made fun of before until last year for kind of being not knowing what they're doing, not being able to build, not being able to plan. They didn't miss on one pick and it it turned them into a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And as long as Drew Brees doesn't fall off next year, they will be one again. This is an amazing class. I don't think we can say enough superlatives about how good this class was. No, this class was so good that the first pick, they got 11th overall Marshawn Lattimore. People believe that he can be the next Darrell Rivas. That's how good he was this year. He was amazing. Ryan Ramchick, I mean, you needed help on the offensive line, and you found a way to get it with that other first-round pick. Marcus Williams, forget the, the way the season ended. This guy was so good this year in coverage. He was a, he was a surprisingly reliable tackler all year, and he's going to bounce back and be a cornerstone at safety for them. Alvin Kamara. What more can you say? Not only one of our favorite podcast guests, but the guy's electric. The guy is a player you can build an offense around, and as Drew Brees gets older, you needed playmakers to do that, and you got it. So this is a home run. This is an A+. There's no way anyone could give this draft a different grade, and I think when all is said and done, this will be one of the most memorable draft classes of this decade. Yeah, without a doubt, man. It's, it's rare to see a team do this well. And it's, it's fun to be able to look back, not even a year later, and say, holy shit, the Saints are poised and built for a great run here over the next few years. Okay, last week, I was lucky enough to get to hang out with Patrick Mahomes on Radio Row up in Minneapolis uh, as we prepared for the Super Bowl. We recorded this on Friday. You guys are hearing it uh, midweek when this comes out. So thanks again to Pat. Thanks to everyone for, for setting it up. Uh, we had a lot of fun, so hopefully you enjoy it. 
All right, everybody, I am excited to be joined now by Pat Mahomes. We are at Radio Row. It's Friday morning. It's been a crazy week, but we are one of the few people that get to talk to you and after a crazy week in yeah. Kansas City. So thanks for stopping by, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. So how does it feel to be uh, QB1 now? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a crazy weekend, I guess you say week, I guess you would say. But uh, for me, I'm just going to keep preparing the same way, uh, keep doing what I've been doing. I've been trying to be ready in case I, w I was a starter all year long. So just keep doing the same stuff and just be ready for all the opportunities ahead. Yeah, so anytime I sit down with a player, I try to always just be honest about if I said something bad about you when you were yeah. coming out, if I liked you, if I didn't like you. Mm -hmm. So one of the biggest knocks, I guess, on you was that coming out of Texas Tech, you weren't ready for the NFL. Mm -hmm. But then you get drafted into this perfect situation. And I try to tell people it changes everything mm -hmm. about how we evaluated you because now you have time. So what have you learned in the last year? Man, I've learned I've learned a ton. Uh, I, I think uh, Alex, I think Coach Reed, all, all those people have really just taught me how to really learn how to read a defense, learn how to do the offense and how to get us into the best play possible. And then uh, I, I really think Alex, because he helped me eliminate a ton of rookie mistakes I would have made, I just like my little things like stance under center and stuff like that that he had he made when he was by himself after he got drafted first overall. So I just thank him for all that. But really, I've learned – more this year than I've known my whole entire life. Was Alex cool about taking you under his wing and, and teaching you those things? Some veteran quarterbacks don't like that. When a, if a quarterback's drafted in the first round, they're like, I'm not helping this kid. He can figure it out. Was Alex pretty cool? No, Alex was, was really cool. I mean, he he, had, he knew he was a starter. He knew he was the guy. So he really took me under his wing and just taught me everything that I need to know. If he, if he had any advice for me, he wouldn't hold it back. He would tell me uh, just the type of guy he is and uh, the type of leader he is. So you just went through you know, a nine month crash course or a year crash yes. course and learning the NFL. What are these guys like? I mean, you know, Baker Mayfield mm -hmm. and you've obviously seen these other guys. Can you explain how hard the jump is? I think a lot of people don't believe us when we say yeah. like, it's going to take some time to figure this stuff out. Yeah. I mean, I think you just got to put in the hours. I think that's the biggest thing that guys don't really understand as when you get here. I mean, you, even if you're not playing, I was there at six in the morning, like every single day. And I wasn't playing at all last year. It was just, you get to put in that hours to really learn this stuff. You need the repetition. You need to get a game plan every single week and really start from zero. I mean, I remember I would write, rewrite the notes of the, the plays every single week to make sure it was ingrained in my head that right when you set a play, I knew these three concepts and that the, I knew the three points of it, this coverage will go here, this coverage will go here this coverage I go here and I knew that off the top so I'd have to worry about that and I'll do it every single week all year and I'll keep doing it on and on so I really really have it down so how excited were you week 17 when you found out you were going to be starting I was extremely excited I knew there was a chance uh, but to finally get get the nod that tell me that I can start and then getting the win was the biggest thing for me and having some success it really helped me I guess satisfy that all the hard work I'd put in all year long had really paid off and that the difference between the last game I mean the regular season start to the preseason was a huge one and I really couldn't run the offense I know you were excited to get the win but you said you've listened to the podcast we were excited because we had a bet this year there are four of us we had a bet on if you guys would get 10 wins or not okay I, I took the over and my, yes. <laughs> my, my co-host Mello took the over the losers had to do three shots of the winner's choice so oh. <laughs> week 17 we are like losing our shit yelling at the TV like come on Pat and then they pulled you yes and we were like, oh no like like, we're done. We're gonna have to do these three nasty shots, and you came back in and saved us. So yeah, we appreciate it. I, well, no, no problem, man. I'm just glad we got the win. Uh, it was, uh, it was a crazy one to get come out and go back into the game, but I got a great two minute experience, and yeah. they got the win. 
Yeah. So what will this off season be like for you? What are you, are you going to get some downtime or are you just working? No, I'm pretty much going to be working. I, I've, I went back to Texas this last week uh, and watched my brother. He's a senior in high school playing basketball his last year. They're undefeated in district. So I went back there, but uh, I've been training my body, kind of getting back into shape, I guess you would say. And now I'm about to go get back to throwing and doing all that stuff. And so what do you do in your downtime? Like, you, you're a, you're a kid still, man. Yeah. You're, like, you, you're you're a baby compared to some of these other guys. So what do you what do you like to do? Are you a video game guy or? I'm definitely a video game guy. Uh, Call of Duty, uh, the World of War Two, and uh, Fortnite's that new game that just came out. I like that one a lot. But I play video games kind of at night. My, my my girlfriend gets kind of mad at me. I, I'm there for like three hours, four hours at a time. But yeah. that and then I play golf during the daytime sometimes. Oh, nice. Yeah. There you go. So you're you're in Kansas City, and we have a lot of ties to that area with the podcast. What's your favorite barbecue spot? I don't have really just one that I, I just really is my favorite. I go to Q39 probably the most yeah. just because it's close to my house, and I think it's the most, like, my vibe, I guess you would say. But, I mean, all of them are good to me. I mean, it's not like there's one that's just over the other. I'm going to Q39 on my way home tomorrow night. Okay, so yeah. So <laughs> yeah, you, you might not want to give it away, but do you go to the south one or do you go to the original one? I go to the, I go to the original one. That's okay. the closest one to where I live. Yeah. I do go to the south one a few times when I go eat with some of the guys because some of the, a lot of guys live in Overland Park. So yeah. I go out there sometimes, but most times I go to the, the original. Have you gone to any Royals games yet? Oh, I've been to like three or four. Uh, I'm a big baseball fan, so I like to go out there and uh, have a good time. I've been out there with Kelsey a couple of times. Uh, I need to get Kareem out there to one of them. Yes, and you need to talk to Hosmer. Come Dude, on, man. I know, man. Yeah, it gave him seven years, man. But I mean, nine one's eight. Uh, yeah, I mean, so. hey, do do what's best for him, I guess. But I mean, I, I would love to be watching him play next year with the Royals. Same here. It's gonna be. It would be weird without it. Yeah. So we need to we need to hit a tailgate together and, yeah, and have some fun for sure. All right, one qu- one thing we do with every guest, we run them through the gauntlet, and it's mm. changed. You're one of the first guys that gets the, the changed gauntlet because we were asking questions to a lot of athletes. They were like, we would ask their favorite beer, and they're like, oh, I'm training, I don't drink. It's like, yeah. okay, well, <laughs> sure. So uh, question number one, what's your pregame meal? Uh, I like to eat eggs and spaghetti. Eggs and spaghetti? Mm, yeah. Not to, not mixed together, right? Not mixed together, okay. like separately on the plate, but just barely enough space. Like yeah. scrambled eggs and just... Scrambled eggs, I throw a little cheese on there, uh, spaghetti, and I throw a little cheese on that too. Is the pregame spread pretty good? Yeah, I mean, we, we have a pretty good setup going. They got a lot of options, uh, but I, I, I've always done that since college. It kind of gets you a lot of carbs and it gets you a little protein in there. Smart, all right. All right, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Definitely be fast. I, I'm like, I'm... I'm it's barely a little fast, but I want to be like I want to be like Lamar Jackson fast. Lamar Jackson's gonna burn up the track. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. Yeah, it, I, he's gonna run a four three, and no one's gonna know what to do with it. Exactly. Like if I if I was that fast, I would I'd be unstoppable. If you were that fast <laughs> with your arm strength, yeah. you would be unstoppable. <laughs> this isn't a planned question, but I gotta ask: Who has a stronger arm? You think you or Josh Allen? Dude, I, I, we've, I've seen the, these things with Josh, but I'm going to have to say I believe I have the stronger arm. Uh, like yeah. I, I've never seen anyone throw throw harder than me with the football. So I, until I see it in person, yeah. I believe I have the stronger I've arm. I've seen you both throw in person. The, it's hard to tell because he's – I mean, he's probably three inches taller than Oh, you, yeah, definitely. And it, the ball just comes out differently. It, it, it's a – we, it's it's different. Like it's hard to tell. We'd have we'd have to have like someone catch and then like take yeah, our two harder you throws. Can't even do like the, the radar gun thing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's different. Like especially and then there's a difference of levels of throws. Like medium, like the 18 yard comebacks or the deep ball. Like well, yeah, it's a, right. or the short ones. So, but 
I'm gonna say I, I have the better arm because I've never seen anyone throw harder than me before. How far can you throw? Like if you just the, ripped one. If the furthest I've, I've ever thrown a ball is 85 yards. Jesus. But that I had a little wind in my back, so I, I don't I don't claim that one. At my pro day, I threw it like 80, but it was windy. But I, I didn't throw it as good as I could have. It was wobbling. That's insane. All right, we got off track. I got to pull the questions yeah. back up now. <laughs> and, uh, all right, uh, the third one. What's the one game none of your friends could beat you? I guess other than. Uh, you know, like the, the pitching radar gun at the county fair. You're probably pretty good at that one. One game that none of my friends have beat me at. I'm a pretty good. I'm a pretty good basketball player, man. So like, really? I'll say like one on one. I don't know if they're letting me play any anymore. But <laughs> uh, but no. but uh, back in my back in college and uh, I guess a little bit this year, I, I was pretty pretty good at one on one. Tyreek tries to say say he's good, but I think I got him. I, I would actually pay to watch you two yeah. play. That'd be great. All right, if you're stranded on a deserted island, who do you want with you? And it can't be your girlfriend. It's got to be. If I was stranded on a deserted island, uh, man, dude, I, I, I need someone that's good with, like, wild wildlife stuff because I'm not good. I'd probably say my Uncle Bobby just because he lives out in, like, the the woods of East Texas, and he, <laughs> and he, could, he could help do everything because I'm not very good in the wilderness. Like build your shelter. Yeah. Some people go that route, which is smart, and then other people are like, "I want Beyonce or Rihanna," and it's like, "Oh well." Well, yeah, you'll, you'll be, yeah, you'll be you'll survive for like, you'll have really good three days. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna live. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last question. You have a girlfriend, so well, yes. hypothetically, what would your online dating profile say? Like, what would your Tinder bio be if you were a single young man? Uh, it probably would say. Uh, I like I like to be uh, about my business, but I'm always down for a good time. There you go. I'm gonna make there you go. I'll make that one mine. That's yeah. awesome. All right, man. We appreciate it. Tell your dad we had a bet last year, and he owes me. He oh, knows yeah. what I'm he, talking he about. Told, he told me about it. He told me about it. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not. I'm never gonna let him forget that. We're gonna make he, it happen. He gets here today, so I'm about to tell him to swing by tomorrow or whenever you're here. Yeah. Get you. We'll find a good restaurant yeah. in Minnesota and get caught yeah. up. All right, man. Appreciate your time. Thanks. Right, thank you. A big thank you to Pat Mahomes, the starting quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs now for spending some time with Matt, obviously, during Super Bowl week. Um, I mean, Matt, that's pretty cool to get to talk to him now that he's the guy. And I don't think he's phased by it at all. It was cool, too, because he was getting shut down to do media. So in the lead up to that interview, he and I are texting all week. Like, as soon as the trade happened, I texted him that night. and was like, oh, we're not going to get to talk now Friday. He's like, no, man, we'll get to talk. I'll make it happen. Like, yeah, okay, sure. Uh, but, and so he, he shows up Friday morning and it's like, I'm only doing like two interviews today. Yours is one of them. And you know, Pat's young. I mean, he's still a kid. I'm a lot older than him. And it was funny. We did the interview and hung out and you guys heard it. And then we ended up talking for like five extra minutes off air. And then he went and got lunch and just like came and sat at the table with me and just like, <laughs> and like, that's not normal NFL play. Like they usually do the interview with us and then disappear. You know, they give you the bro hug and you, you know, they're out. Now Mahomes like hung out and was just, he just kind of wanted to be around. So it was cool of him to spend time with this. Speaking of time, we went really long on those <laughs> draft grades and I, we should have known we were going to, cause we always do this. So this we week do this. we're going to cut down a little on draft on draft, partially because Kennedy is a college kid, our intern and had to go to class. So we don't have anyone to read the questions again this week and we can't read. So <laughs> I can't read and talk. You guys hear me every week. Be like, wait, what does that say? Uh, so what we'll do, let's answer a couple draft on draft questions. If we have time on the Friday show, we'll answer a couple more, but we will get on Instagram live this week and, and answer some of your questions. So be sure to follow at stick to football on Instagram and on Twitter for that. Uh, I want to ask you a question and at Richard Royal asked, what's the best football 
30 for 30. The two Bills one came out this week. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet because I haven't been home. I've heard it's amazing. So what do you think? Yeah, I heard it's excellent, and I didn't get to see it yet either. ESPN does this really weird thing where, and I just figured this out now, their streaming service is, like, selective. So since they're still re-airing it, you can't stream that 30 for 30. So I have to, like, find when it's on and sit down and watch it. I know I sound like a spoiled brat living in this world, but you can't stream it. You have to, like, go find the programming. So to answer the question after that little bitchy rant, <laughs> uh, I really like I really like the Miami ones. If we're talking about the football ones, the first yeah. one on the U is just, they're legendary, absolutely legendary for any football fan. My favorite 30 for 30 of all time is the Duke lacrosse one. That's like two hours long. That's one of the greatest sports scandal investigation stories that I've ever seen in my life. And if I can't recommend anyone enough to actually take the time to sit and watch it, cause it's unbelievable. I'm waiting for the one on Tebow's Florida Gators. Cause it's like Tim Tebow. Yes. Who's like Jesus incarnate. And then all these like hardened criminals like Aaron Hernandez and, and Janoris Jenkins. And it's it's just amazing. So I want that one to happen. I'm with you, though. The You Part One is one of the best yep. documentaries ever made, regardless of topic. So that would be my answer. All right. Another one. I actually want to toss this one to Matt because it feels like all I do is talk Jets, whether it's on Twitter, the Instagram live. We're going to keep doing those. This one from Matt underscore Peters 86 Philly calls the Jets and offers Nick Foles and the, their first round pick for the Jets sixth overall pick. Yes or no? Fuck no. No way. Yeah, exactly. No way. <laughs> God. No way. Nick no Foles? way, dude. <laughs> Carson Wentz. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. No. So six, you're trading out of six to 32 and your consolation is Nick Foles. I heard you say it and was like, wait, did I? So I had to read it. The question like, did that? that okay. Nope. Not doing that. Um, I wouldn't. I, I know the Eagles are going to fleece someone, probably the Cardinals into trading for Nick Foles. Oh. Not me. Wouldn't happen. Uh, he's been good twice and he's been awful the others. He almost quit football like a year ago. Uh, no, I'm happy for Nick Foles. I really am. I love the Cinderella story. Let's just let it be a Cinderella story. Don't get suckered into trading for him. Ooh, yeah. Thank, um, thank God that I, that was my answer. It's the jets can't afford to do that. All right. I'm going to ask uh, you the last one. I think we're both highlighting it in our show doc. <laughs> the, this is such an yeah. easy one. <laughs> Anthony who sends awesome questions every week Ant the Oreo. If you were a draft prospect, who would you be? And he put in here that mellow is Puna Ford, which is incredibly accurate. Uh, so I think I know who you're going to say we should, maybe we should pick one for each other. I don't know. Yeah, we should. Well, cause Mine down in Mobile was Braxton Berrios, the little white slot receiver from Miami. We he measured in at Mobile, and we have like identical measurements. I think he was like five nine and a half, one seventy eight, and we have the same haircut, and we look alike. And when I checked in at my bed and breakfast in Mobile, the lady thought I was there for like for practice, (laughs) like in the game. And I was like, no, ma'am, like I'm not Braxton Berrios. I just work for Bleacher Report. My other um, pick for you would be Baker Mayfield because of the headband. The headbands. Yeah. Adam Lefko has said, I am the baby of Christian McCaffrey and Baker Mayfield, which is, which is a very Adam Lefko thing yeah. to do. That's a good one. Matt, I, like I need, I, Matt, who are you? I, I mean, I'm cocky. I was going to say I would be Saquon Barkley because I'm the greatest, but I, you know. I was hoping you'd get like a Josie Jewel. We're going to call you. We're going to. 
we're going to say you're Josie Jewell. Uh, who else is kind of a, a badass linebacker up front that we yeah. can give to you? Josie would be a good one. I would be happy with Billy yeah. Price as well. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Or my guy, Frank Ragno, but yeah. he's, uh, he's a little bit too big. So the, the mellow and Puna Ford one, when we were standing by Puna at media day and mobile was just hilarious. It's it, just like, not only are they the same height, like they're, they're kind of built similarly, but Puna's, you know, yes, like a hundred pounds bigger, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they could be brothers, uh, in terms of body type. I love it. That's a great one to, uh, to roll out on. Uh, definitely a reminder. It, we, we've talked a lot about the Friday show here, uh, which I know Mello and, and bartender Dan appreciate. You can download, uh, subscribe on Apple podcast, Stitcher, wherever you get your shows and get the Wednesday morning show and the Friday morning show. You'll never miss them. And the BR app has them as well. Uh, you can download the BR app, uh, subscribe to stick to football or the NFL draft channel or both of them and never miss a podcast. And Definitely want to stay tuned. We will have info soon about how you can get some free stick to football swag and where we will be hosting our live recording from Indianapolis. It'll be me, Connor, and Mello. Uh, we'll definitely have a lot of fun with some good beers uh, at a brewery to be named later. I, I think is how we're going to do that. So a lot of fun this week, dude. I'm glad we did the draft grades. Yeah, it was awesome. Those are always a, uh, it's a marathon to get through, but we want everybody's teams to get in there. So got to do it. I can't, I'm already excited to grade teams after the draft this year. That's all I can think about now. I know. So it's going to be, it's going to be a blast. Yeah. Can't wait to, we'll keep being on, we'll be on Instagram live for you guys. So follow the Instagram account, follow the Twitter account. We got a lot of good things coming your way and we'll catch you guys next week for our 44th episode and stick to football Friday is still going to be going on this week as the boys are back together in Missouri.